This is Curiosity Killed the Cat, a podcast where we answer the big questions. It's no secret that women are a minority in the workforce, and with older women being the fastest growing group of homeless people in Australia due to factors such as taking time out of work to care for family, a lack of superannuation and the gender pay gap, I'm curious to know about women who have been able to overcome these barriers and have a successful career. Hello, my name is Victoria Taylor and I run VTM Communications. This is a business that I have run for 20 years now, setting it up as a sole trader when I was um, overseas and then a proprietary limited company when moving back to Australia recently. I specialise in marketing and communications activities and I service clients around the world in America, Switzerland and in various states throughout Australia. So do these statistics surprise you? They, they surprise and shock me and I heard them at a recent International Women's Day event and that's, that is the first I'd, I'd heard about it and it was quite confronting. So I'm curious to know how you've been able to be successful in a system that does disadvantage women. Can you tell me a bit more about your career? Because you've still had a family and things like that, but you're obviously also a very successful woman. Yes, I do have two teenage children, that is, that is correct. And I'm not quite, I can't speak to other people and, and their situations, but I know from my own experience, I was living on the other side of the world in Switzerland when I became pregnant with my first child. And at that time, I was actually offered a job and I, um, as uh, a freelance communications specialist. And I said to my prospective client, I'm sorry, I'm five weeks pregnant and I'm living in Switzerland now, and that company was based in the UK. And the response was, we don't mind, we want you. So that led to my setting up my own business as a, as a sole trader and being able to work for this company in the UK and um, while still living in, in Switzerland. That opportunity came about through networking. I had worked for the business in the UK. I had maintained a relationship with the company even though I had left to pursue other opportunities. Uh, but when they wanted to list on the London Stock Exchange, they circled back to me because I know the business and, and they know what I can do. Um, me being pregnant and about to start a family did not um, matter to them and that was that was very uplifting and that also set me on the path to running my own business because by realizing that one client could um, be interested in my services it meant that I was um, able to proactively 
go out and let people know that hey I'm available and when now that online working is is and seems like a new thing but for some people like myself we've been doing it for over 20 years um I guess the the main point then is that's it's still working I was I wasn't a working mother then things change when you have children and that is something that is different for everybody I think from my experience being in a completely different country with no family whatsoever to rely on I had to think outside the box as to how I would um, be able to work and have my children looked after. So you're quite lucky in that someone did reach out to you. Were you ever in a circumstance where you had to look for work? Yes, absolutely. And that, that business, after a couple of years, no longer um, required my services. I'd, I'd finished the project, so um, that, um, and being, being a sole trader, you're, you only work whilst the contract is is valid and then it's you're always looking for new work nothing is guaranteed you don't have notice periods with companies you're not on you're not on a on a fixed you're not on a fixed position with someone you don't also do not get holiday leave you don't get paid superannuation that's something you have to look after yourself either set it aside or and I know quite a few sole traders who do not put money aside um, in, a, in a superannuation fund um, but I've always consciously set aside money um, for my for my future. Those working conditions must have been quite a um, stressful environment for a new mother how did you balance your work um, and its demands with raising children? It's a very good question. I will say firstly that I do have a, an exceptionally good husband and he has been the um, dominant breadwinner in the family and therefore that gives me quite a, a, a buffer if you like, but I certainly don't take it for granted. And I'm always, I always work on the what if, what if, and I have to be responsible for my own destiny in a way. And with that mindset, I've always um, looked for ways to be able to work with the, the children. And, and I must say that, that now that I've gone through the experience, I can see that the benefits of having children, my children exposed to having to go to other people. So I didn't have family. So what I found in, in Switzerland, which is also a country where women working is frowned upon, being able to, to find support and people that were understanding to let someone like me work was um, was quite interesting but you do find that there are other women like you um, maybe they don't want to work but they want 
some time to themselves. So they'll, they'll look after your child so that you can have some free time to do what you need to do and vice versa, I will take their children to look after so that they can have some time to themselves. And these people become your network. They are awesome and, they, and they've got children the same age as your children normally. Um, so that gives, the, the children are growing up with all these, all these friends and having so much more fun than they would do if they were being, I feel, than they would have been either staying at home with me or going to grandparents where they're, they're not engaging with other children. But as that wasn't an opportunity for me, I, I, um, I can't say whether what it's like to have grandparents looking after children. My um, parents, even if I was in Australia where, where they are, they're, um, they're quite elderly, a lot older than, because they had me late in life, they're older than typical grandparents of my generation and would not have been able to physically look after the children, certainly to, um, take them to activities and, and do things with them. So you've clearly overcome one barrier, which is childcare. What other barriers can you identify? Because I know from Switzerland, another thing is that children go home for lunch, so someone has to cook lunch for the children. Have you recognised any other barriers to women um, working and how were you able to overcome them? Well, I mean, everything, everything is a challenge and every country is, is different. So in, in Switzerland, you're right that, the, that you had children had to come home for lunch. But again, you could share that around friends and we'd have something we called Mittagstisch, so lunch table, and someone would host the lunch table and take various children in the neighborhood and cook lunch for them and then the next day somebody else would do it but we were quite lucky that um, where we lived probably five years when the when my children were five years and three years the school did start taking children allowing you to keep your children at school for lunch, you paid for it. So that's a, an extra cost that you have to cover. Um, it's not something that's just given for free as it is in this, in this country. It's seen as a luxury. So if you need your, your children to stay at school, then you must um, pay for it because they're feeding the children. Um, you could either send your children with a lunch or, you, or they would cook a lunch for you and they're offering supervision um, from a special group of, of people and running activities afterwards until it's time for the other day children to come to come back into school and for lessons to start. When I moved to Australia, obviously very different and my children were 10 and 8 and going to school here and having the um, starting at nine-ish, finishing at three. And my job required me to be in an office by seven o'clock 
and work until three with an hour's commute either side. So even though I left, I only worked until three o'clock in the afternoon, I would not get home until four. So my um, options were before, before school clubs, which I looked into, and after school clubs, which um, were, weren't available through the school my children went to, but there was a daycare nearby that, that offered that. However, the option, that those options were definitely something I could have considered, but the first thing I actually did was because I had a full-time job, uh, I had a sister in um, nearby and she was unable to work. She had not, um, she'd given up her career to have, to first raise her, her um, stepchildren from her from her husband's first marriage and then to raise their children. She'd been out of the workforce for quite some time and was looking for some work. So I actually employed her as an au pair. So that was a way I was able to um, give somebody else a job through me having a, a job. And, and that, felt, um, that felt good. An hour's commute and such a long working day, you were obviously giving up quite a bit to work, like time with children as well. And as you mentioned, you were in a lucky position. Why did you choose to work? I, I love working. I, it's always given me a buzz. Um, when, uh, like I so said, with this clients coming back and, and wanting me to work, I've never really stopped even, there might have been six months to 12 months where I was really unemployed, but I would be doing other activities. I would be, I help other new businesses with ideas, if it's, um, uh, for free, giving giving advice to um, to organisations, helping out with the school, um, with the children. You asked about that. Yes, I was still involved in taking them to activities, and I would help out with gymnastics coaching. I would help out with swim coaching. So I feel that. Although I might not have, they might not have had my full time attention. When I did um, spend time with them, it was quality time, and they get. I'm a better person when I'm working, and I'm sure my children would agree that. It's um, yeah, they get a nicer side of me. Well, it's interesting because. You are essentially doing just doing the same as what a man would do. Do you feel that there are different expectations for women in the workforce than there are for men? As in, women are seen to have a greater responsibility for children than men. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I do think that the burden definitely sits with us. I don't necessarily agree with it. In my in my situation, I should caveat and. and because people won't, um, won't necessarily know this, but during the week, my husband is away working. So 
I, I live as though I am a single mother during the week. So I do not, um, just, just to be clear, and probably why I haven't mentioned that, um, anything about my husband helping out with the children, is that it does not happen. He is literally not here. So from Monday morning till Saturday morning, that cannot be relied on. So it also forces me to look for other options. Um, I do, if I need to go to, if I needed to go traveling for work, etc., I would ex have to book that in in advance and get him to come back from work and use and use a holiday day. Alternatively, I might ask my, my sister or find some other arrangement. Basically, if you have the mindset, I feel, to say, I have to work, it's got to happen no matter what, you will come up with a solution because not doing it is not an option. And, um, but if we, if we keep, we, if we put um, all the onus on ourselves, it puts our career at risk as well. And I was talking to a manager of a team recently and he was saying how he has a, has a woman on his team and who has a young child and that keeps getting sick and she's used up all her sick leave now to look after her child. She has nothing left. And the team are getting a bit frustrated with her because she's off all the time. She's got client projects to look after and she's not doing them. So it's very difficult to, to hear that and support um, the idea of, of um, women being should be given the same level and responsibilities and pay, etc. As, as men. We have to rise above. We have to show that we can sort out our, our childcare situations. We can turn up and be the employee that we're expected to be. You will not hear me mention my children to, at work too close. I do, not, um, I do not use them as an excuse. And, and in the five years I have been back and living in Australia, I've had two days off sick. I've never taken a day off for a child being sick. And because my mentality is work first and everything else will fall into place and that might um, not sit well with your audience, Chloe, I don't know, um, but it's, it's just the way I approach it. And because of that mindset, it seems to um, help me to find ways around this issue of so that I can continue but, being a successful businesswoman. But in a sense, the other issue is that a child is sick. So how do you deal with a sick child if you're not home to deal with them? Does does your partner step up um, and help out more in that situation? Or It certainly could be an option. 
Um, I, I mean, these days, my children are older, so they are able to stay at home and not be looked after. The, but prior to that, I've always uh, pr predominantly worked from home. So being able to continue working whilst you've got a sick child in the house that you can just look after. Um, that is another thing. Work, there's working from home and there's working from home. I've been doing it for a long time. I can literally switch off from everything. If there's a dirty pan in the kitchen, doesn't worry me. Because I, my, it's as if I've gone to the office. And if I couldn't say I was in a physical office, I wouldn't be doing washing up. I would not be doing ironing or any, any chores. I'm, I have the same respect for my time at home as I would do if I was in an office. So yes, the luxury is that if a child, if one of my children were sick, that I could simply have them in home, keep an eye on them, but continue, continue working. And I know that that's difficult um, for some people. We've certainly um, all experienced over the last two years what working from home is is really like, and I'm I know it's um, from hearing other people's experience that it's not for for everybody, which I had not appreciated before because I have been doing it for so long. I'm just curious as to whether you have any sort of tips that allow you to create this um, work friendly environment at home, or. Is it just an innate ability that you have? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tips. Uh, they're not, it's not really tips. And, and, um, and just to be clear, I have tried everything. I've had the, um, the office that's completely separate from the house option. I've got the office inside the house. Um, I can be, if, if other people around, so when homeschooling was here and, and there were more people in the house, and at times I had to work in the kitchen, it doesn't matter where I work, that I will get work done. I do not suffer from being easily distracted and um, keeping to a task list. If you, if you know what you've got to get done during that day, get a task list together. If you have a um, I plan, I tend to plan my day, I know my start time, I know when I'm going to have my tea break, I know when I'm going to have my lunch, and I, I set those, um, those in advance for myself so that I can try and do quality work in between those times, because you do need a break. Um, but then you've got your break ends, work starts again, just like it, just like it is in, a, in an office, um, and an office can be quite, quite strict in terms of what those times are. I give my, I'm quite strict with myself, if you like, in, in saying when you've got to go back and, and start work. I Tips from me, turn the radio off, turn the music off, save those things for when you're, it, for your break times. Um, they can also be a, a distraction. I say that to my children as well. You don't. You're not going to have that um, in an exam. In an exam, you don't have it at school. So if you start getting used to working 
like that with those with those background things on them that can be um be difficult and i and who knows one day i may go back into an office and i need to be able to get back into the rhythm of being in a in an office environment i just want to go back to the importance of turning up so you make a clear effort not to miss any days of work and I wanted to know why you think that's important. I, it, for me, I'm, I manage people as well. So I know on the other side of, of what the impact is of people being away and, um, not, and work not being able to be completed. It's, it's frustrating and for a lot of businesses, uh, we rely on keeping our customers happy to be successful and if the work isn't getting done or, or um, to, that will have an impact on essentially on the on the success of the business I um, I've had people complain to me about their childcare issues and it's something that I'm I must I'm not I'm not overly um, compassionate towards uh, because I am a working mother and it's I won't have it used as an excuse for me there are options there are multiple options if you want to work and I know that it's very generous to have sick leave and to have holiday leave and but if you if you work for yourself you don't have these so um, if I don't work I don't get paid and therefore perhaps my drive is a little bit different to people that can just take one of their 10 days and use that for um, for sicknesses um, but it, it has, it does have a knock-on effect to your relationships with your team. People notice if you're, if you're not coming in, if you're not working to the same standard as them. And if it's seen by management, it can have an impact on your career. If there's a promotion coming up, who will be going to choose? The person that is in the office every day or the person who's taking their, their, um, sick leave I know as a manager who I who I'll be choosing I'll be choosing the person that keeps turning up to work and even if these days even if you you don't feel a hundred percent the option to work from home is uh, is there um, so there, there really is no excuse but I do I know that um, some of what I'm saying may not be um, palatable to a lot of your audience but it's just um, a topic it's that I feel quite strongly about. Interesting to hear about and well I guess one of the issues is that not everyone is very driven to work so could you maybe expand on what the benefits are of being um, a mother who also has a job? Yeah I guess I've, all, I've always um, enjoyed earning money. I like to be able to buy nice things and not and just also to have 
a safety net. When I lived overseas, I always wanted to have enough money to fly home to Australia if I needed to. And so that, that was, I guess, my main goal every year was to, to have that amount set aside. And it's, it's not only the flights then, you've got your accommodation, your higher car expenses, all that. So, so that was the first um, bit of money that I had to, to put aside. And always having a bit of a safety net for, for the future. Um, I do like to be able to support my children so that they can do things that they want to do. And unfortunately, like it or not, money makes the world go round. And when I first moved to Switzerland and couldn't work, um, that was a bit of a that was a bit of a shock culturally to be in a country where um, being a communications expert and not being um, German mother tongue meant that it was it was going to be difficult for me to get employment in a in a in my chosen career and yeah I could have I could have let that get to me and I could have just said okay I'm going to be a a housefrau, a housewife, and not work, um, and be given an allowance by my husband, which is what um, a lot of people do. But I'm not someone who is willing to give up their independence like that. I've always, um, I've always wanted to be in control of my own destiny and not be beholden to someone else because anything can happen um, perhaps I've had some more downs than than other people and learned early on that that life can come around and um, bring up unexpected things and you've got to be prepared and sometimes being financially prepared is is um, a good thing. Um, yeah, I guess uh, um, for for your audience, it's interesting to think about um, careers. There's some careers that are better, um, have more longevity to them than that you can have a break from and come back to, or or stay working in. For example, um, maybe we could touch on on that yep um are there any specific careers that you would say are most welcoming to women uh, well i i think it's worth considering if if you know that you're going to want children in the future if you're looking if you're at that time in your in your life where you're thinking about what career you want to go into start asking those questions now. What would happen if I took a year to 18 months off? Is that going to set me back? There's some careers that require you to keep up a certain amount of professional hours to remain qualified, etc. Um, in, in law, if you 
take time off. It might mean that you that you are held back in terms of your progression within um, a practice or firm. You may have started, you start with a certain amount of male colleagues as well. If you take 18 months off, of course, they are likely to get partnership, etc. before you do. Um, if there's careers where you work that are, that are easier to work from home, that might be something worth looking into. If, if that's something that you, that you want to be able to do. If you are concerned and the data shows that women over the age of 55 are becoming homeless because they did not um, get, back, get their careers back on track after having kids and for whatever other reasons there were, um, then it's, it might be something worth considering doing now. Do you also believe that if a woman is passionate about a certain career, they are able to um, pursue that this, in this day of age? Can you have it all? Um, it depends what having it all, what your having it all means. I've, I've worked for women, very successful women who have children, they take a week or two after having birth, they're straight back in the office and they've got a nanny for each of their children. Uh, that's them, they're having it all. They're having children and they're working and they're partners in, in large um, professional services practices. If that is your idea of, of what, uh, that's meeting your goals, then that's that is uh, absolutely fine. If you're if you take the other route and decide yes, I want to have children, but I'm going to take a year to eighteen months off to um, raise my child, then it may be difficult to come back, and you've got to either recognise that, have a plan have a plan for a coming back in that you might have organized with your employer. And again, if you have been an exceptional employee, if you have um, worked hard, if you have um, not taken a lot of days off, etc., they will often want you back and will have worked out a way for you to, to come back um, because good employees are hard to, hard to find, so that could be an option. But if you don't have a route back, then maybe you've got to start thinking about a change in career. And some women these days are using their maternity leave to retrain or to do some additional study so that when they come out, they can step into a new career. But that new career would also be starting at an entry level, which may mean that for the first few years you've got to have a lower salary than, it, than what, you, what you left on. But if that career is more sustainable with having children, then that could be, it could be an option. I, I, I think we can't, we shouldn't be letting life happen to us anymore. 
you've got to, as I, as I said a few times, you've got to control your own destiny in terms of what you want out of your career and for, to not get to your 50s, 55 and realise, ah, oh, I should have planned a little bit better because it's too late and, and it's absolutely horrible to think about these, these women. Um, so at 55, isn't 55 the new 45? Um, it's, they've still got a lot of life ahead of them and, but yet homeless. Any last advice for women joining the workforce? If you're not in a job that you love, if you are not in a job that you wanna keep turning up every day, day in, day out, change. We work for so much of our lives that we may, may as well be doing something that we enjoy. And I know that I've, I've hired some cleaners recently to working mothers that have set themselves up in a cleaning business. That's, and that brings them joy. They're able to support their families and they run their own company. And that's, that's amazing. And that's the sort of business that I want to support. If you're working in a kitchen at a hospital and you, and you love that and you're, and you're giving back, then that's, that's great. If you're not enjoying it, look somewhere else. There's so many careers out there and it doesn't matter. They don't have to be your corporate high flyers. Um, there's lots of, there's lots of job. There's a job for everybody choose the one that's right for for you and you will be the best version of you thank you for speaking with me victoria you're welcome to hear more subscribe to this podcast and if you want to get involved and learn more about episodes you can follow curiosity killed the cat dot pod on your favorite socials because curiosity may have killed the cat but satisfaction brought it back